Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Diehards and Glory Hunters. This week, we're not going to be talking about one particular football team, but we're going to be uh, previewing the 2020-21 Premier League season. We're going to do an extensive preview, reveal all of our predictions for the coming season, um, and hopefully give you a lowdown on, on all of the teams going forward. And I'm joined by my closest friend, James Wilson. James Wilson. How are you doing, buddy? Hi, George. Thanks for having me on, mate. No worries. Absolutely, yeah. First time double guest. What yes, an honour. Very what excited. Honor. <laughs> so um, how it's going to work is me and James have both compiled our predicted Premier League table for the coming season. I'm sure it won't be exactly the same. I haven't seen his, he hasn't seen mine. And we're going to go from 20th place to first place, running through all of the teams and why we think they're going to finish in that. Um, position there may be some ones that we just completely disagree on and there may even be a little bit of discussion we'll have to see um but if you're good to go we'll start with your uh, your team in 20th position please james yeah so bottom of the table um i've put west brom uh and for for no other reason except for the fact that i just don't think they have the capabilities to survive in the prem you know i i rate billich as a manager as you know he used, to, he used to manage West Ham. I think he was a, he's a good manager. I just don't know if his squad has the depth in order to compete against other rivals that would be down the bottom as well. Um, I think what with Grady Diangana going to West Brom is a, a big boost to their chances. Um, alongside the Brazilian Pereira, the centre attacker mid, that he, he could also uh, play a big role in them trying to stay up. But ultimately... I think with, with the other teams around them and the squad depth that the other teams have, they just won't have much of a chance, I'm afraid. That's that's what I think. OK, right. And my um, 20th position, I've actually got Fulham in 20th. Okay. Um, but I won't I won't go into the reasons for that just yet, because I've got a feeling we may yeah. as well reveal our 19th. Reveal the 19th position. Yeah. Who's in 19th for uh, you? So, believe it or not, it is Fulham. <laughs> um, right. Yeah, it's the same again. You know, I think it's a, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's a very similar squad to the one that was relegated two years ago. Um, yeah, that's right. And I was surprised that they beat Brentford in the playoff final. I really didn't think they'd managed to pull it off, but they did. Mm-hmm. I, I like Scotty Parker, again, ex West Ham player, a bit of biasness, but I'm just unconvinced of how he'll perform in the Premier League. Um, they've got Mitrovic, which can be a big uh, role for them, especially they keep him fit. Um, but again, you know, I just don't think they've got what it is. The, the, the main man will have to be in midfield, Harrison Reed, who they signed from Southampton. And he will have to be on top form if they, if they want to have any chance of staying up, I think. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, I th- I'd like to say that, given that I predicted Fulham to finish actually bottom of the table, very much for the reasons that you sort of went into there. It's the same squad that um, got relegated two years ago. Equally, I was surprised. I, I thought, I think most people thought Brentford were the favourites in the playoff final. Um, and I, I'd love to be proven wrong on this one, actually. Perhaps of all the predictions that I've made, really like to see this one, you know, be shoved back in my face because I'd like to see Scott Parker as a young English manager do well but I just think the Premier League is a much more cutthroat business than the Championship I think as soon as they go on a run which they're probably going to do throughout the season of five or six games without a win the pressure comes on we've seen what Fulham's um, hierarchy is like with that sacking Jukanovic the last time they were in the Premiership probably a bit too quickly so I do fear for Scotty Parker if they do go on on one of those runs Um, and yeah I just think and this sort of links into um, the reason that I put West Brom just one place higher. It's not because I don't like either of those two teams. It's simply just, I think it's the worst year um, for a promoted team to come into Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, they, ha- they haven't had um, as much time as they normally do um, in terms of transfer window and in terms of pre-season. Um, it's, it's much harder than normal to invest in the squad and buy players because of all of the complications with COVID. And I just think that um, given that the the rest of the teams in the Premier League have had a couple more years to um, establish their squad and obviously have proven Premier League players, um, I just think it's a massive disadvantage for those two. 
going into this season. Um, and ultimately, I do think that they'll both be they'll both be heading back down to the championship. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I mean, I think Fulham has some very good individual players, like for example, Michael Hexer, centre back. You know, I, I rate him as a defender. Um, I just yeah. think he needs to be partnered by a more experienced Premier League partner in order to to do a job. I know they signed is it Anthony Robinson from Wigan, the left back. Um, yeah, I haven't and, seen a lot of them. Though. And Lamina from Southampton, sort of fringe players. I think. Well, I know Lamina wasn't played that much, but ultimately, I think, yeah, the same reason. You know, it's just a terrible year to be promoted, really, um, with clubs not having a lot of money, plus with no fans in the stadium, bums on seats to earn and ticket or you know, uh, you know, events at, at ticket sales. Uh, I just think it's going to be really tough for these promoter clubs. I'd, I'd love to be proved wrong, as you said. I'd love for them to stay up. But, um, I think it's going to be really tough for them. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's a really good point as well, because not only the money that they get from ticket sales, but home support is so crucial for these teams going up, especially especially at the start. Like traditionally, promoted teams do better at the start than they do throughout the season because of that feel-good factor, Mm. because the fans give them a kick because they're just so excited to be back in the Prem again. Exactly. And they'll, I think they'll really, they'll really struggle with the lack of that. So, um, yeah. So uh, I think we're slightly differ slightly, but similar ideas. I put Fulham twentieth. You went with West Brom, but it was just the, um, just the other way around. Okay, so I wonder if it'll be different this time. Who's in eighteenth position for you? Now, again, this was this was tough, and I think I might have been a bit harsh, but considering last season, I put uh, I put Villa eighteenth. Um, they stayed up by practically the skin of their teeth, uh, even on the last day. Um, they were helped earlier in the season. Well, exactly right after the restart by the controversial um, decision, I think it was at Bramall Lane, where the goal line yep. technology failed, uh, even though Nyland or Aston Villa's keeper was holding the ball behind his own post. <laughs> uh, it ended up being a massive point for Villa, which helped them stay up on the final day. Um I don't think, well, there's no doubt that there's Grealish as as their talisman and will have to play an instrumental role in them having any chance of staying up again. Um, yeah. But I, again, it's just their, their lack of other creativity on the pitch. You know, apart from him, where are they are going to get their goals from? I know Wesley was a bit of a disappointment, even though he was hampered by injuries last season. Um, and I just don't know where they're going to get their, their goals from, to be honest, if, if Grealish is injured especially. Okay, yeah. Well, before I'm, I reveal my 18th pick, because it is different, um, I very much see where you're coming from with Villa. And I think I think a lot of people will, um, when they come to compile their Premier League tables or predict, predict their tables for this season, there'll be, a, there'll be a popular pick for the relegation zone simply because they were the closest to it last time out. And sometimes it is so simple as that. They're not, it's very unlikely that they're going to drastically improve from the team that... Um, just about scraped it last time out. The one thing I would say is that my prediction for Villa, um, and we'll get to it in a bit, is very much on a, a sort of if basis. And that is if they manage to get a decent striker into the club. Absolutely. Now, we know it's not going to be Callum Wilson. Callum Wilson by yeah. all accounts, going to go to Newcastle, which yep. I think is a very good sign for Newcastle, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. But the one that they've been linked with and this sort of links into quite nicely to a scouting report that I would have done um, a month or so ago. And that's Ollie Watkins for Brentford. Now, it's it, I, by no means is it a done deal, though he didn't play for Brentford yesterday. He was left out of the squad when they played Wickham, um, or actually, rather today even, this morning. Um, and... Uh, from I haven't seen a lot of Watkins, but obviously he was named Championship Player of the Season. And when I did mm-hmm. see him play, was the playoff semi-final second leg against Swansea, where, honestly, he was absolutely outstanding. It was the complete striker's performance, as far as I'm concerned. He ran in behind, he held the ball up, excellent link-up play, scored a good goal, just ran his socks off, did everything you'd want from a centre-forward. And um, I have to say, in comparison to some of the players that are playing regularly up front for Premier League teams, I mean the likes of Joel Linton um, and, he, and even um, obviously Joel Linton's a bit of a joke, but even up the top end, people like Dominic Calvert-Lewin, who actually did quite well last season. I think Watkins compares favourably with those players and can definitely mix it. Well, he, so he'd be able to compete against Calvert-Lewin or the likes of him, you know, Yeah, uh, especially maybe Che Adams at Southampton. Maybe that'd be a good 
competition there. I mean, obviously they're not linked, but I can understand where you're coming from. They're saying, yeah, he, he can, he's a very exciting prospect and has a lot of potential, I think. He's only, I think, 24. So he's got a lot of room to grow. And um, the only thing I will say about Villa uh, is because I've just seen recently that Tottenham are interested in signing him as well. Uh, so if, if Villa don't manage to sign Watkins, because I do think it is a matter of where, when, instead of if Ollie Watkins leaves uh, Brentford. Um, yeah. If if Villa don't manage to, you know, make that signing, yeah, I, I'm, you know, I, I just don't think they'll have the firepower to keep them up. Um, if they do, it's a different story, and it will be very interesting down the bottom <laughs> this season. Very. Tough. Yeah, absolutely. The only, and my other reasoning for putting Villa slightly higher, and uh, maybe this it might be worth saying where I've placed them, and I've placed them in 16th position. So just a couple of places higher, but crucially escaping relegation rather than being relegated. And one other, if we're doing predict- predictions for the Premier League season, I have to say, I don't think Dean Smith will be Aston Villa manager by the end of the season. Yeah, I think he will possibly get the sack along the way. Again, it's cruel. And don't get me wrong, I don't like this culture. But in the Premier League, if you go four or five games without a win, the pressure comes on so much because of the money involved. Dean Smith was already a little bit under pressure and, and to be fair to him, did really well to keep them up last season. But I'm not totally convinced that he is the manager to take them to the next level. And Aston Villa is a big club. It's easy to forget that. They were regularly competing in the top 10 of the Premier League not that long ago. And I th- I'm sure the owners will see them as you know potential for getting back there. And, you know, as soon as a big name is kicking around again, someone someone leaves one of the Spanish or Italian clubs and becomes available, that, that's just added pressure. And I would not at all be surprised if um, they, they sacked Dean Smith and appointed someone else. And the reason... But I think that may work out for them is if they, if they get the right manager, I think he could possibly do a bit more with the squad that they've got because they do have some good players. I rate Tyro Mings, Chippenham's finest. Um, <laughs> Jack Greedish is obviously a wonderful player. And again, maybe a bit ifs and buts, but it looks like he's going to stay as it currently stands and we can only go off what's happening at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and equally, the other one who's sort of gone under the radar is they've signed Matty Cash from um, Nottingham Forest, who's mm-hmm. a right back. And he, he, again, was a really standout player in the Championship Before last us, season. Yeah, he was unlucky not to get in the, uh, into the playoff places uh, with, with yeah. Forest last season. Um, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I'd, so, I, I do think, just on your point about uh, Dean Smith man, perhaps not lasting the whole season, I do think this season, perhaps slightly more than any other recently, for the higher-ups of these clubs that have been or are predicted to be down the bottom of the table, it is going to be slightly more pressure this season because... We are in somewhat unprecedented times of football after the, the pandemic and things. And it will be such a big loss if a club was to, to be relegated without the benefit of the millions of pounds from the, um, from the TV deal from, from Sky. So I think that'd be a massive loss for, as a business as well as you know, a shame for the fans. So I think it almost becomes a game of chess between these higher ups of these clubs. When, when do they sack their manager if they're not doing too well? You know, it all it all come down to timing and who to who's about at the at the time. You know, I think it'll be very a lot of pressure and very interesting to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so we'll leave Villa there, and the um, the team that I have predicted to finish 18th and ultimately get relegated is Crystal Palace. Um, and I suppose this is arguably one of my more controversial picks because Palace never really looked in danger of relegation this season just gone. Um, I rate Roy Hodgson as manager, uh, I have to say. I think he's actually done a pretty, really underrated job with the squad that they've got there because, in my opinion, it's one of the weaker squads in the Premier League. There Absolutely. really is yeah. not that much. Um, and again, I mean, that's, the, that's, that's always the fun with predicting um, Premier League tables before the season's even kicked off and, and, crucially, before the transfer window is shut because there's the big question mark hanging over Wilfred Zaha. Um, but... But I'd be bold enough to say that even if Zaha stayed, and it looks like it's about 50-50 as to whether he is going to, um, I still think they'll struggle. Because my personal opinion is, yes, Zaha's a good player and he's definitely the best player in that Palace team, though that's not a huge compliment. Mm. Um, But he only scored something like four Premier League goals last season. that was my point, George. Yeah. Even though he's their talisman, 
again, he only scored four four goals last season. You can't say they rely on him when he's only netting four goals in a season where you need you need your players to be to be on form. Um, and I, I, the only other thing I will say about Palace is that they have signed the young prospect Ezzy, or I think it's named how you pronounce it, Ezzy from uh, QPR. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously that's going to boost their chances. Uh, especially after I think Fulham had put in a bid that was rejected for about 15 million for him as well. Um, I think that he could play a big part and almost pair up with Zaha on the wings to um, give him a bit of competition, uh, which hopefully motivate Zaha a bit more. Um, especially when Benteke, who's still there, has only scored six goals in the last three seasons for Palace. And when he's out and out striker, um, it's just not it's just not promising, really, is it? It's not an inspiration inspirational side you're right it's not got a lot of squad depth and it's quite quite weak and again it's one of those situations where if Hodgson is there for the whole season you can very easily see him sacked if they go on a poor run yeah absolutely beautifully linked into what I was going to say again so much of this we saw this last season with Watford trying their utmost to ruin it for themselves by sacking as many managers as they possibly yeah, could sacking's yeah, sackings make such a difference and managerial changes make such a difference. Sometimes they work out for the best in that a manager will keep you up, but sometimes uh, the change won't help at all. And unfortunately, sometimes you get a sense in football of when a club is on either a downward or an upward spiral. And you, I do get that sense with Palace. They ended the last season so badly, one point in the last eight games or something like that, which is just terrible form. Admittedly, they were safe, but still that, yeah. that sort of momentum in football is so important important and if they start this season as badly as they finish the last which I'd have a fair bet that they might I do think the pressure will come on Hodgson again um, and I and, and and ultimately what I think what I'm saying is that it would be a mistake for them to sack him because I don't think any manager would do better mm. with that squad than he has but with the way that football is again they'll be lulled in by a younger coach who, who thinks they can turn it around and I don't think that will work out for them so yeah Crystal Palace 18th for me yeah, Who's no, your seventh? I, 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 I'm, I'd am happy to agree with you there. You know, uh, for my seventeenth position, I've put Newcastle, and um, again, it's it's a bit of a strange one. I've put them solo down because it was a hard season for them last year, and especially with the, uh, the well, the the failed takeover from the Saudi Arabian consortium that you know was supposed to happen this summer, and then they pulled out of it because of their human rights record in their own country. Um, yeah. I just think it's just, it's going to be a long, hard season for these Newcastle fans watching their team. I mean, Mike Ashley, in his reign, they've been in the Premier League for 11 years out of, I think, the 13 he's been there. So with a couple of relegations along the way. So I think, you know, over the, overall, you can't really complain too much if he's still in the Prem. But yeah, it's, it's, just a, it's just a shame because they are a massive club, you know, and they don't deserve to be looking over their shoulders every season. Um, and I think they have they have done good business by getting Matty Longstaff to sign a new deal, as well as getting um, uh, Burnley's Jeff Hendrick on a free. Yeah. I mean, it's good business, isn't it? But I, again, you just, they just need a striker. And when I, when I was looking at the, uh, you know, researching this last night, I was like, they need a striker in order to help them survive. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, this morning, it's revealed that they've had a bid accepted for about twenty million for Callum Wilson from Bournemouth. Um, yeah, it was another case of when will he leave and where will he go to, rather than if he will stay at Bournemouth. Um, and yeah, I think that's a great signing. Uh, as we already said, Villa were interested in him. Um, considering Joel Linton for forty million pounds, I think netted four goals last season. Uh, he just doesn't look comfortable leading that line at all at Newcastle. So I think Wilson will do them if they keep him fit, because I know he's had injury issues. If they keep him fit yeah. and he's on form, you know, I think Steve Bruce will keep you in the Prem. Um, so there's there's no doubt about that. OK, I mean, I, I will, I'll talk a bit about what I think of Newcastle when I get to um, them in my table. But I've, again, gone different and I've gone 17th place Burnley, actually. Okay. Um, sort of against my better nature, really, because, I mean, if you're looking for a safe bet to stay in the Premier League, Burnley is sort of the best one. But I just get a sense, again, it's similar with Palace. You just get a sense sometimes that all is not well at clubs. And I think they're 
um, one of, if not the only, Premier League side yet to make a significant signing this summer. Um, I've seen that James Tarkovsky has been linked away. West Ham have put a bid in and Leicester equally are interested. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, you just get the sense that at some point, Burnley's paper-thin squad is eventually going to uh, stop overachieving to the extent that they have done. And don't get me wrong, I love Sean Dyche. What a man, what a job he has done neutral, at that club. Every neutral in, in the world loves a little Sean Dyche as manager. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But you get the sense that he perhaps is not that happy at the club. He sort of had a veiled shot at his board. Yeah, there was, um, there was, I heard there was rumours. Uh, yeah. What were you going to say an example? But... Well, he sort of, in an interview after the um, Man City game, uh, towards after um, lockdown, he sort of suggested that perhaps the board weren't agreeing with his um, wishes and letting players go that he didn't want to let go so that's never a great sign um and and crucially I'd, I'd also like to temper this i'm not predicting burnley to go down i think that would be too rogue a statement given their record mm. but i just think it will be a lot closer than it has been the last few seasons um and so yeah burnley are my 17th place side yeah well uh, just a just a quick a quick sum up on that i mean what with regards to your saying uh, they haven't made any signings yet burnley are well known for leaving their transfer business until later in the window. I think even Sean Dyche said it's to reduce costs. Um, that's why they don't do it earlier in the window. But on top of that, they did finish 10th last season. Um, and yeah. a top 10 finish with, even if you say a paper-thin squad, it's, it's, you know, it's a very good finish. And I think, yeah, you're correct. They do need to make some new signings, but we've got a while yet until this, the, the window closes. And um, I think... What was it? You put it, put them seventeenth. Seventeenth, yeah. I think that's a tad harsh, but I mean, you never know with football. If he's unhappy and you don't know what might un- unveil there in terms of what he wants to do with his future, Sean Dyche. I mean, um, yeah, it remains to be seen. Absolutely. Okay, so moving on to sixteenth, who have you got in sixteenth position? Sixteenth, uh, I have put uh, Leeds. Really? Mm. Okay. Do you know what? We are quite different. Okay, right. Well, go on. Why have you put Leeds in 16th place? Well, I put Leeds in 16th because I feel like a lot of neutrals and football fans around the world will be watching Leeds closely this season simply because of one man, and that is Marky Bielsa at the helm of, of Leeds. He's a highly rated manager, and he they did play very exciting attacking football last season which earned them the, you know, deservedly the, the title of the championship. I just, again, it's, it's a hard one to predict because I think a lot of people are predicting them to come a lot higher in the table, uh, perhaps around, you know, 10th to 12th, maybe. But mm-hmm. for me, I, I don't know how they will adapt to the Premier League. Um, they've got a very tight ship in terms of the hardworking squad that they've got. I just don't know how well they will adapt to the um, Premier League. Uh, Rodrigo, their thirty million pound signing is more of a statement rather than a footballing decision. I think because I agree with they, that. yeah, they, absolutely, they, they needed a striker, and whilst that's you know a big statement for a newly promoted club, um, he I don't think he's out and out striker. He's more of a winger slash almost Firmino type that won't get you ten to fifteen goals a season. That you know yeah. is expected from a player for thirty million at least. Um, I could be proved wrong. I, it's just my opinion, but I, I don't think they will adapt to the Premier League as well as some people are predicting. Lovely. Well, I mean, the best thing of the podcast so far is that you can expect lots of abuse from Leeds fans. So that's absolutely <laughs> wonderful. Absolutely yes. wonderful news. Yeah. <laughs> um, James's address will be um, in the Spotify link for all the Leeds fans <laughs> out there. Um, no, I'm joking. I, I mean, uh, we'll, we'll, you obviously see where I've put them and I'm not getting carried away they're, they're definitely in the bottom half put it that way um because i have to say that there is a lot of rubbish being talked about leeds right now i think some fans think they're going to win the bloody champions league uh, it's it's ridiculous calm down you've just got back into the premier league which is an achievement in itself but you've been away for nearly 20 years um just enjoy being back in the prem and focus on surviving for the first year before you get ahead of yourselves the whole bielsa thing is just it's a circus don't get me wrong he's the he's incredibly watchable he plays incredibly watchable football um and the whole 
persona that he sort of cultivates is 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 must must watch tv i get that but his managerial record is not that impressive he's like defined by these um near spectacular failures uh, when they're nearly getting something don't quite the almost yeah absolutely um he's never managed in the premier league before again that, so, that played a big part in my position uh, decision to put them where i did in yeah. my predictions um um so yeah i i mean i'll maybe i'll talk a bit more when when we get to where i've i've put them but but no i certainly agree with your reasoning though i haven't put them quite as low as you have so in my 16th place i've gone for villa um so you know we've already spoken about them a bit but um yeah again lots of ifs and buts depends on Grealish staying depends on Watkins arriving but I like their business and as I said the um perhaps a bigger name manager with a bigger reputation might be able to do a slightly better job than Dean Smith did so we'll move straight on to 15th place who have you got yeah, there? I, I've put Newcastle because I know we spoke about them already. I think you put them 17th, I think. Uh, I've put them 15th. Um, really? You yeah. said you put Newcastle 17th? Uh, oh, hang on. <laughs> I, well, <laughs> I meant to put um, Villa 18th, Palace 17th, ah, uh, Leeds 16th, Newcastle 15th, and Newcastle 15th. I think it's because okay. we, we were talking about them at the time. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. actually, I agree with you, funnily enough. I've also got Newcastle in, in 15th place. Yeah. Uh, well, we already spoke about them. Um... Okay, yeah, we'll move. Uh, yeah, in fairness, the one thing I was going to say about Newcastle is, again, it, it, that's always the case with predicting before the season, there's still some uncertainties and some unknowns. But if they sign all of the players that they're linked with, I think they've quietly had one of the best transfer windows this summer. Because if they get Hendrick in, which they already have, obviously, they get Ryan Fraser in on a free transfer. Obviously, if they complete Wilson, they're also linked with Rob Holding on loan from Arsenal. Um, And um, who else am I thinking? And uh, Jamal Lewis, the left back, the young left back from Norwich. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, yeah, they're on the brink of signing him as well. So that's that's good business as far as I'm concerned. That's that's signing proven Premier League players who've got experience in this level um, and without spending huge amounts of money, which they obviously can't do. Um, so, yeah, I, I think they'll, again, Newcastle fans won't see 15th as enough. It probably isn't for a size that, for a club of their size, but just got to <laughs> fingers crossed and hope for that big takeover, lads, because mm-hmm. for the moment, 15th is about where you're at. Okay, so moving on to 14th, who have you got there? Yeah, I've put uh, my own club, West Ham, 14th. <laughs> okay, now, yeah, jinx uh, again, so carry on. Um, yeah. So same. yeah, well, I'll try and limit the amount of time that I sp- speak about West Ham because there's a lot of things to talk about, so I'll try and keep it short and sweet. But uh, West Ham in, in today's age in modern football, it's just a bit of a conundrum because we always seem to have so much potential each season and we've got enough financial capabilities and a strong, passionate fan base to really be higher up than where we have been finishing recently. However, you know, on the pitch, the stats don't lie. We had the fifth leakiest uh, defence last season, conceding 62 goals, which doesn't exactly inspire confidence. Um, I know we're touted to perhaps sign Tarkowski from Burnley, which would be a good signing if we get him. Um, But there's just other issues on the pitch, you know, in terms of... Releasing a young prospect, Dan Garner, to West Brom for only 18 million. I think he's worth a lot Mm -hmm. more than that, considering his age and how good he was for West Brom last season. Um, Again, other things surrounding the club with Noble, putting on Twitter, Mark Noble, the captain, putting on Twitter, saying he's angry and sad to see him leave. And I know Wilshere chimed in as well to say something along that effect. Um, For West Ham, it's just, it it could be a very good season for us. It's just so hard to predict. We are a bit of an enigma. We could come bottom four. We could come 11th. It's so hard to predict. I think Moyes is a decent manager to keep us in the Prem anyway. Um, but with bad business last season, like 45 million shelled out for Haller, and he only scored, I think, six <laughs> or seven. Uh, it just, you know, it, it doesn't inspire confidence once again. 
and and I think it's going to be a long season of looking over our shoulders rather than chasing European spots, which was promised four years ago. But there we go. Yeah, no, well, well one done. Thing, that... One one thing I will also add is uh, Suchek is a very impressive signing. I like the look of him, although I know he's been contract is contacted. Um, contracted coronavirus or COVID-19 by playing with the Czech Republic side. So he I don't know if he's got it. I don't know if he's got it, but he's quarantining because he was in contact with someone. Okay, well, and well, regardless, he won't be able to start the season, which is, yeah. again, just another blow to a, to a team that kind of needs to be firing on all cylinders, really. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, like I said, I was very much happy to let you have the floor for this one. It is your club. You know it much better than I do. Um, the one thing I'd say is in from a predicting point of view, I've I sort of tempered my own instincts because, as you know, um, I'm not a West Ham fan. But it, when you're predicting the Premier League table at the start of the season, it's so easy to be sucked into, oh, West Ham have spent loads of money on these new signings. Um, oh, look at that squad. That's pretty decent, actually. Got a promising manager. Oh, they'll probably comfortably finish top 10. And I've done that for the last couple of the seasons, and I'm not doing that anymore. Mm. It's, I've decided I'm going to predict lower. Um, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm, not, I'm, surprised already, I'm, I'm surprised I've already heard West Ham on your list so far, George. I must admit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, again, I mean, you know, as we've, I'm sort of repeating what I've already said here, but I'd be amazed if Moyes finished the season, if I'm honest. You've got such a tough start. I wouldn't be surprised if you're in the bottom three come October, November, you tend to be. Um, and the board unknown panickers, they'll probably get rid of him and get someone else in and maybe that will have a positive effect. The problem with West Ham is they're the most unpredictable side in the Premier League because as Chelsea fans well know, when they turn up, they're actually a, a pretty good side. Yeah. yeah, we did the double over Chelsea last season. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, and deservedly so in both games, just totally bossed us. Um, because you have got some good players. I mean, if you get Antonio fit for the whole season, I think that'll mm. make a difference. I really rate him as a striker. Um, but but you just there's so many games where the, the players just simply don't turn up. Um, and that often ends up being about 14. If you get some good games, some terrible games, yeah. you're in the middle of it. Yeah. Uh, one one more thing I will say is that you know you said you don't think Moyes will be there for the whole season. I personally think they will just have to put up with him as long as we're not bottom by Christmas, um, because I think it's touted that they're gonna the owners are gonna try sell the club in 2021 anyway. So I think they'll just do the bare the bare minimum to stay in the prem, and I think Moyes will deliver on that promise as he has done for the last two two times we've hired him. So uh, yeah, I think I think. 14th is a reasonable place to finish. Okay, so in th- um, sorry, you, you first. Who's in 13th for you? So for 13th, I know we've already mentioned them, but for me, my 13th spot is um, Burnley. Yeah. Um, again, Sean Dyche, you can't, you know, you, you, you've got to love him really well personally. Uh, he's, he's a favourite, you know, would like to see him at West Ham at one point. Um, a tenth place, place finish last season was impressive, but need to make some signings, which they will do. The window's not shut yet. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think actually um, my thirteenth place is Leeds. Um, so, but what that does mean is that we've got the same. Uh, what's that? Bottom eight, but just in slightly different order. So I think that suggests that perhaps there's a, a you know a, a top half and a bottom half maybe developing in terms of certainly our eyes, but I, I don't think our bottom eight would be uncommon. I think a lot of people see those sides as the weaker ones, Mm. apart from those who are predicting Leeds to finish sixth or something. But I don't think that's going to be the case. Um, So, yeah, I mean, you know, I I don't think we're disagreeing on too many things here. Like I said, I I, I agree with a lot of what you said about Leeds. Uh, One thing I would say is that um, they are sort of riding a wave. And again, that can sometimes make a big difference. I can see them getting off to quite a good start. And then drifting off towards the end, um, and and again, Bielsa does mean that they play fantastic football, and I have a soft spot for that. Any team that plays all that attacking football in the Premier League, good on them. So, plus the other thing I would say, we possibly had a pop at Leeds fans during yeah. this podcast. It is good to see them back in the Premier League. They are a Premier League club, massive fan base, good stadium. You know, big... I look forward to watching them play. You know, take on the Man United. It would be a great, great game, and we've got you know, very exciting um, future. I think after this season, they'll really push on if they manage to stay up. 
um, and yeah, you know, agreed. Solidify yeah. their position in the Prem, which they deserve to be. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, right. We'll move on to twelfth. Who's in twelfth for you? Twelfth. I've put Brighton. Okay. Um, do you want to? Uh, yeah, I was just going to say I've put Sheffield United in twelfth. Um, we'll do a couple at a time now because right. yeah, might as well. So, and then we'll my, talk about. Sorry, George. My eleventh place is Sheffield United. So. Um... And the, James, that's brilliant because my eleventh place is Brighton. So <laughs> no that okay. that is exactly right. what I was hoping. What you say. Um, so right. we'll start start with Brighton then. Um, I, I'll just want to say something first, and they would be my surprise package of the season if I had to pick one. I realise that eleventh is perhaps a bit low if you're tipping someone to be surprise package, but I, I think it'll probably be a case of they start well and then drift off towards the end. Um, but I really like Brighton. I've got a soft spot for them because I think they it's a well-run club and they try and do things differently. Um, they try and make sensible signings that no one else would think of. And I quite like that as an approach. They're trying to find small ways to make a difference. Um, and I think with one season under their belt with um, Graham Potter, I think that was important. I think that if they were going to go down under him, it would have been the first season. Um, so hopefully he can develop on the sort of philosophy that he has. Um, they probably need another striker. I think Mope is OK, but I'm not sure he's you know consistent enough to score them 15 goals a season, which always helps. Um, but yeah, they would be my, my surprise package of the season. Um, and that's why I had them in 11th. Yeah, yeah, I like Graham Potter. Um, like you said, his philosophy of football, I think, you know, he does well. Um, I I think they were perhaps helped out last season by the fact that they just were worst teams than Brighton in the Premier League last season. Um, that's fair. Uh, so that's perhaps gave them a bit of a boost. But I think Milana will do a, a good job in midfield for them. Again, if they can keep him fit, he's he's been injured uh, quite a lot throughout his career. Um, one thing I will say is Aaron Moy to, to China is a big blow for them. Um, yeah, weird one that, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it's because the Chinese club just activated his release clause, uh, which mm-hmm. is a blow because they only signed him in January permanently. Yeah. Um, so a bit, of a bit of a strange one. But uh, I, yeah, you're right. They do need to find a goal-scoring midfielder or a striker because players like Pascal Gross just isn't the player uh, he was a couple of seasons ago. Um, mm-hmm. they, they have players like Trossard and Mopé who, as you, as you say, are, are decent um, and, you know, they'll happily lead the line against some shaky defences in the Premier League. Um, yeah, I, I, think, yeah, I think 12th is, um, is reasonable for Brighton. Yeah, absolutely. OK, moving swiftly on, Sheffield United. Mm, the ultimate surprise package last season, weren't they? Yeah, um, absolutely. Because I was certain they'd go down. Uh, sorry, Sheffield United fans, but I, I was just, again, like I've said with some of these clubs being promoted, I, I didn't think they'd be able to cope, but they exceeded all expectations, really. I think most of that, well, at least a big portion of that is down to Chris Wilder in charge. A no-nonsense manager. He knows what he's, he's doing and he will, he's, a, he's a proven manager, you know? Um, proven by the fact that he said uh, he signed Ramsdale to replace the highly rated uh, Dean Henderson that's now looking to spend most of the season on the bench at United. Um, <laughs> well, it depends on depends on what the De Gea situation is there, but we'll talk about that in a bit. Um, and I think they'll have another solid campaign. Um, not as well as last season, considering they were chasing European spots. Um, but I, I th- I've put them 11th because they're a solid team. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, do you know what? As we're getting, you know, pushing on for time, I won't really add much, too much more there. Totally agree with you. Love Chris Wilder, but I don't think they'll do as well as they did last year because, you know, that was a bit of a one-off. Mm. Okay, so now we're into the top half. Tenth position for you, James. Yeah, I put Southampton, which... Okay, yeah, same. Think, on. Yeah, some some people might think that's a bit ambitious considering the, uh, well, the, the first half of last season was a bit of a disappointment with which coming uh what was the nine nil against Leicester? Um, yeah, absolute drumming. Which, which ironically they picked up form a hell of a lot after that result, and they actually had a very respectable eleventh place finish. Uh, a lot of that was due to the twenty odd goals that Danny Ing scored, I think, or you know, yeah, the incredible run that he went on. Uh, if you keep him fit, you know, you've got a great finisher who 
uh, was unlucky with his um, time at Liverpool because of injuries, and it just shows that you know he he has that ability to to score goals. He is a goal scorer. Um, and I know they've made some new signings too. There's a Mohamed Salisu from Real Valladolid, uh, a Spanish club. Um, Valladolid, but yeah. I, yeah I'd <laughs> You're that, such a big but, but uh, <laughs> thank you very much for that, George. And um, Walker Peters from Spurs, who has a bit of pace to their uh, defence and experience too. He did play for the Spurs quite a bit. Uh, it just bolsters their defence. Um, and I think well within their realm to finish top 10. Yeah, again, nothing really more to add on that. I think they'll just build under Hassan Hutel, really rate him as a manager, did fantastically to turn it around last season. Um, and with things in the team, always got a chance. So moving on to ninth. I put Leicester. Wow, <laughs> it's really interesting. I also put Leicester. I wonder if we're going no to way, pretty much really. match up. Yeah. Because really? so uh, well, we, we haven't looked at each other's tables. Yeah. <laughs> so this is the first time we're talking about it, so... Um, no, uh, I put them ninth. Do you want to do you want to have a go at explaining your decision? Yeah, no, I was just going to say. Um, I think the the asterisk that I I think every Leicester fan should have here is they'll be thinking, well, hang on, that's four places lower than last year. But this year you've got Europa League, and I think that will be the crucial thing. I think it's really really hard to sustain another Champions League challenge with the sort of squad that they've got whilst playing consistently in the Europa League. And I think Rodgers will want to have a go. I think he'll want to prove himself as a manager in European competition. Um, and I think Leicester as a club will, should have a good go at the Europa League, really, because, you know, we saw how well Wolves did this season getting to the quarterfinals. I see that as a realistic target for Leicester. Plus also um, the loss of Chilwell um, and uh, some of the injuries that they had towards the end of the season. I don't know when they'll all be back. So, yeah, I think I think ninth is about is about fair enough. I mean, when you've anything... got Amy Vardy, anything could happen. He could go on an amazing run again, although he is ageing a bit. And you just think he's starting to lose his legs in terms of his pace. But again, with, with some of those uh, very good players in their squad, very good individuals. Um, and again, what I will say fifth place finish for Leicester saying that that was a disappointment for them it just shows you how far they've come and you know leaps and bounds of where they were even a few seasons ago I know they won the league but it, yeah as a club in general they've come leaps and bounds under Rodgers um where fifth place is a disappointment I just I think they'll go quite far in the Europa League and I think that will be their main competition this season like Wolves uh and I think that will slightly hinder their chances of a top eight finish Absolutely. Okay. Uh, eighth place for you? Yeah, I put Everton. I've okay. Put Everton. Can I ask you who you put seventh as well? Wolves. Right. Yeah. So I've got the same, but I've actually got them swapped. So I've got Wolves in eighth, Everton in seventh. So start with, um, you said Everton in eighth. Start with them. Yeah, Why it's, you... these, these two are kind of tough. Um, I don't think they have enough to, to break into the... I mean, this is going to be a really hard prediction. I don't think they'll come top six, either of those clubs. Even with Ancelotti yeah. at, uh, in his first full season at Everton, they made some mm -hmm. great signings for, for them. You know, James Rodriguez coming in and uh, the Alan from Napoli. Very good signings. Yeah. Uh, I, I, th it was, again, this is tough. Um, I think they'll just come eighth. It, again, it remains to be seen. Um, but it, I, I think they'll do well. Um, I don't really have much else to add with, in regards to Everton. No, that's fine. I'm happy to talk about them for a bit because uh, I think if we're talking about great transfer windows, I mean, I think we're probably going to talk about the club who's had the most talked about transfer window in a bit. But like I said with Newcastle, quietly going under the radar. And again, we've got to wait for confirmation. I don't know if Rodriguez has been 100% confirmed, though I think it's pretty much there. And I don't think Decore has been officially confirmed, but again, looking very likely. If they get Alan obviously who they already have, Decore and Rodriguez. I think that's yeah. some really, really good business because they've got uh, good attackers in Richarlison and Calvert-Lewin, a decent defence. Um, it was really midfield where they were just so almost pathetic last season. There are a couple of games where they just had nothing. Chelsea absolutely battered them at the bridge, mm -hmm. just ruined them in midfield. And I think if they improve in that area and... Also, I think perhaps the main difference between um, perhaps the tiny little difference between seventh and eighth for us two is that I just love Ancelotti. Got a soft spot yeah, for him. Yeah. He, he, my favourite ever Chelsea Premier League season was when we won the league under him in 2010. 2010 uh, yeah. 
that I just like to see them do well, really. So I think that probably made me push them a slightly higher. Is so it, why did you go Wolves in seventh? Yeah, oh, just a quick question. Is Moyes keen still at Everton? Because uh, one thing I will add is that Everton, if they have an air of confidence about them, they are quite a force to be reckoned with, especially those signings. And I think Ancelotti will definitely give them that. Um, uh, yeah, but I guess moving on to seventh place, Wolves. Yeah, yeah. they surprised me last season. Um, they they were a very exciting team to watch, to be honest. They, they felt like they could almost beat anyone on their day, really, at some points. Um, I like their squad. I know they've made, most recently, they made that new signing of the teenager uh, for 35 yeah. million. Uh, who I hadn't heard of prior to that signing, but he's supposed Being to be a really exciting prospect, um, which just shows that, you know, the, the business that they've made over the last two, three seasons um, is put them where they deserve to be in the Prem because it's great business. Uh, players like Ruben Neves and Jimenez up top uh, with Ruben Pachiso in goal, it's a great spine to that team and mm-hmm. good individual players to boot as well. Um, very good team. Yeah, no arguments. Um, I, I, I could, I really like Wolves. Uh, again, I feel like it was, it's been sort of in a discussion in what teams I quite like in the Premier League. But uh, I, I, the one thing they will miss is Doherty. At, uh, I think left back to right back. Yeah, right back. Sorry to Spurs. Yeah. Um, but I think they've got Vanagri who can play there, and uh, you know, I, I, I assume they'll make another signing anyway if they haven't yeah. made a replacement signing. Um, yeah, if we're talking transfer gossip, um, I literally in the I was just on Sky Sports News and they're about to sign someone from Leon called Marcel, who um, is a, I believe is either a right back or a left back. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, other than that, I think you know it'd be great to see them in a prem again next season. Uh, very interesting team. Who have you put six, George? I've got Arsenal in sixth. Who? What All about right. you? This is where this is sort of the part of the podcast where it gets very controversial because yeah, uh, it's again it's very tough. I've put Spurs sixth. Okay, well again we're we're one position apart because really? I've okay. got Spurs in fifth. Yeah. Who have you got in fifth? <laughs> I've put Arsenal fifth. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So again we're one apart. So we'll start with Arsenal. Now yeah. again, like this is the thing. Right, we're in the danger zone now because mm. they're. Exactly. And before the Arsenal fans start kicking off about the Messiah that is Mikel Arteta, I agree he's done really, really well. But you did finish eighth in the Premiership last season, never even looked like getting top four. And let's face it, without Aubameyang, it would have been at that side looked like a relegation threatened side for most of last season. Mm. I know it's improved loads. Again, like the business, I think they've signed good players um especially young players uh, and i and arteta is absolutely the right man for that job and i and for the first time in a while i find myself liking arsenal because they've just got a bit more backbone they look like they're willing to work for each other which they just didn't look like for a long time towards the end of benger and under emery as well um you, you know just just not not the neutrals team um but but i still think they're a little way behind the the other five in terms of squad depth and in terms of quality. If you t- as I said, you take Aubameyang out of that team, where are the goals coming from? Um, and sh- uh, my God, should he get injured for any period of time? That you know, they could be as low as ninth or tenth, as far as I'm concerned. So yeah, that's why I went for Arsenal. Though I wouldn't be surprised if they perhaps sneaked a couple of places higher. Yeah, um, on the subject of Arsenal, I've put them fifth because, uh, well, with Arteta at the helm, it is a breath of fresh air. You're right, with, with for Arsenal fans and just for the club in general. You're right, under Wenger, it was sort of very, you know, sort of almost mediocre football they were playing, even though they were getting top four finishes towards the end. Um, but with the, the the fact that they've managed to get Aubameyang on a new on a new deal is a major coup for them. Um, I know they're interested in Alwa, the French midfielder, who would be a very good signing for them. Yeah, really um, like him. Yeah, and plus new players, well not new players, but young players like Saka, who's I think a very good prospect for them. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he could have a very good season if he plays. I know they've got Willian in now, but uh, who is again another very very good bit of business. I think you know Willian on a free from Chelsea. Uh, I mm. think that's great business. Um, you know, he he will also score you goals, especially from set pieces and things like that. So, uh, I think 
if Aubameyang was to get injured, it wouldn't be the end of the world. I know last season they relied on him a hell of a lot, but I think they have the capabilities. And Mikel Anteta, was, there was a reason he was um, highly rated by Pep at Man City. And, uh, you know, I think he is a good manager. Um, and I think they'll, they'll do well. Uh, just, just pick the post against Tottenham. Fair enough. Okay, well, this is why I think Tottenham will finish a place higher. Um, and I think largely that is due to, it's, it, it's just the players they have in their team. And don't, don't forget, I mean, people are very quick to jump on the Mourinho's lost it brigade. Um, what a crap appointment. It, you know, it's just a matter of time before he's sacked. He is coming into officially his magic second season. Um, yeah. And no, his first, first full season, isn't it? First full season, but if you count last year, it's his, mm. it's his magic second season where traditionally he's always done his best stuff. Um, and if you get, bear in mind, for, for the last few months before lockdown, they didn't have Kane or Son. Um, obviously, Ericsson had gone. Ali had injury problems. Um, so it was, it, you know, it was a really weakened side. Um, if you've got Kane and Son fit for the whole season, that makes such a difference. Kane will guarantee you 25 plus goals if he plays 38 games. It's just a fact. He, you know, is phenomenal. Um, and yeah, I, I think I think the players are starting to get accustomed to Mourinho's philosophy. Mm. Um, uh, but I mean, having said all of that, I still don't think they'll make top four. <laughs> um, so I'd, temp- I'd temper that slightly, but I think they'll get a lot closer than they did last season. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, on the subject of Tottenham, um, I've actually been watching the, uh, the documentary. Um, yeah, it's good. Nothing. It? Yeah, the first three episodes. And one thing that was surprising, and you kind of do notice it on their results on the pitch, is Mourinho said they were too nice. They were too nice bunch of players. And that really does show on the pitch sometimes. I don't think they've got the cutthroat, uh, must-go-for-it attitude um, to, to get top four, uh, in my opinion. Um, I think Don't get me wrong. Tottenham have a brilliant squad. The likes of Kane, Son, and even Deli Ali, whose form has dipped in the last year or so. They are great players. Um, I just don't know how well they will adapt to Mourinho's philosophy. And also, on, on top of that, I don't think he can win titles under where, the Mourinho's style of football anymore, um, like he used to do at Chelsea back in the day. Um, I think they'll still have a very good season, but just, you know, depends on injuries. I think that's the main one for Tottenham. It does depend on injuries. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, we'll move on to, uh, right, the, the, it's the business then now, top four. Mm, well, clearly we know we've got the top same top. four teams, Yeah, but in what order? Well, Who I'll, have you got fourth? I'll be honest, third and fourth is actually the hardest, or the, the, the time I spent the longest thinking about, and I, I'm still not convinced. Um, and I may even change. Uh, right now, I've got Chelsea fourth and Man United third. And I know that's where they came last season, but hear me out, because I know we'll, we'll obviously <laughs> talk about Chelsea, because you being a Chelsea fan yourself, but I, and I really do like Lampard. I'm just not sure of how well those those big signings will adapt together um, straight away. I think it might take them, you know, a few months or you know quite a few games until he even works out his best starting eleven because you've got so many players there. Uh, I don't know how he'll will fit them in to be honest. Um, and on top of that, I think Man United uh, they're a very good side, obviously. And I just uh, it's so tough. What have you got, George? I have got it the other way around. Right, okay. That doesn't surprise <laughs> um, you. You are a Chelsea fan. Yeah, so. it, of course it doesn't surprise you. Yeah. Uh, obviously, there's a, probably an element of bias. Um, well, I'll start by saying perhaps the negative thing about Chelsea, which is that, again, perhaps similar to Leeds fans. Yes. I, Everyone you get is the sense them up. <laughs> yeah, let's calm down. I still think we're a good way behind the big two of City and Liverpool. Um, I th- I've said to I've said to you privately, and I think this is this is how I would see the season if I was Frank and if I was the people at the club. I would see 80 points as mm. the, uh, the goal. Um, I think that's, yeah. very, that's very gettable with the, with the team that we've now got. 
my God, we've got some attacking talent. Um, and I think Thiago Silva could prove to be the most important sign of them all because we needed a leader in that needed back four. Experienced, experienced defender and centre-back. Yeah. Usually. Yeah. Um, so I think 80 points should be the target, but 80 points won't win you the league anymore. It won't get no. you close. City you and Liverpool. 20 more points than that to win. Exactly. And yeah. sometimes even then you don't win it. <laughs> um, yes. Um, on, on Man U, the reason I've got Man U in fourth, and I, I yeah, I, if I was being honest, I would disagree with you slightly. I think United will be closer to Spurs than they will be to Chelsea. Um, and that's because... Donny van der Beek's a good signing. I like that. Very similar to what they've already got. A couple of people have said that. And I know, don't get me wrong, you need squad depth. You need options. And, and for so long, then it's been so ordinary. It's nice mm. to have those three really good players there now. But I'm not sure he adds anything that they didn't already have, if you know what I mean. Yeah, um, I mean, with, with Bruno Fernandes uh, already there, he's almost like their playmaker. So I don't know exactly where van der Beek will again fit in if you if you're playing Pogba CDM um yeah yeah which you strange one. by the way cannot do just which, a message yeah. oh, oh, no, no, can you that that <laughs> won't work um uh yeah the, the one thing the one thing I would say with United is and this is this this has been true of especially last season and, and maybe even further back than that they are much better against better sides they are Solskjaer sets the team up well when he's playing other rivals around the top four, and they struggle more when they play the teams below them. I mean, if you take away penalties, I'm not sure how many points they'd have dropped against, you know, um, bottom half teams, but I think it would be quite a few. Um, and even if they get, let's say they get five to ten less penalties this season. That could honestly cost them about 10 to 15 points. I know it's a joke about yeah. how, how <laughs> United get. And also, a lot of them have been penalties. So it's not just coincidence. It's not bias on the point of referees. I think, I think the penalties come from the, the attacking football when they have to go for it against the big teams. And, uh, it, well, even against the smaller teams, as in where it's like a team like Burnley that will set up defensively against Man United. I think it's when they have to attack they get those chances in the box that leads to a, a foul or you know being committed and ends up in a pen. So it, it does depend on the on how they set up almost because I know in the in the FA Cup when they set up against Chelsea, he almost played I think it was a five at the back, Solskjaer, which was yeah. a completely well evidently the completely wrong decision. Um, you just have to go for it. Uh, one thing I will say though is I don't they they might need another attacker. They've got Igalo. Um, but I think if you have the likes of Sancho, who they probably won't get this summer, but I think if you have Sancho against that against the Sevilla side when they're in the Europa League, if he's yeah. playing for you, I think he will get you a goal or at least create you a goal-scoring opportunity, which they just couldn't find the back of the net in that game uh, because no. they didn't have an outright goal-scorer. Uh, I know you have Rashford and Martial, but they sometimes interchange on the wings. Um but yeah, I, it, again, third and fourth place this season will be really interesting. Or top four in general will be really, really tough. Yeah, and I think, well, our prediction suggests this, but I think we're, we are possibly returning to a traditional big six again. After mm. the last year, we didn't get close to it. I know Spurs sneaked sixth, but they didn't look like getting close to the top four. So um, with Leicester being in the top four for most of the season, we didn't really have that traditional big, big six. And I think it will will probably go back to that again this season because I think COVID favours the big size, isn't it? Mm, so um, right, down. yeah. So finally, big two. Who have you got in second position? Well, I'll say I'll say who came, who's coming first uh, in in my in my table. For me, it's got to be Man City. I think I, okay. I put Man City first. Um, I think Pep needs to win something there's that added pressure of he didn't uh do proceed in the champions league final when you were expected them to do so against leon um they were kind of embarrassed by liverpool by by liverpool's incredible run of games and unbeaten streak and i think the signing of torres is is a good one to add again to their incredible squad depth already De, with players like de bruyne aguero sterling on their day, they are they, they can score easily score four, five, six against you. I'm not saying that Liverpool can't, but I think they'll 
they will have that extra motivation to seal out this Premier League. Um, with Liverpool maybe focusing on in other areas like the Champions League again, I'm not too sure. Uh, what, what about you, George? What have you got? Uh, no, I agree. I agree. I was just waiting to, to let you think I might argue. I agree. I, I think what I'd say, though, is I don't think it's so much what City have got to do. I think there will be a drop-off, a very slight drop-off in Liverpool. Because I just don't think, I mean, if they do it, it will probably be the greatest achievement in, in terms of the Premier League. If you have another season like they had last year, um, that, that would be three consecutive seasons of nearly 100 points. And that is amazing. But I don't think they will. I just think um, with the motivation being, even if it's 0.02% less, mm. having won the league now for the first time in 30 years, that was such a big thing. It was the be all and end all. And I think that may make the slightest of difference in some games. Because don't forget, the thing that Liverpool had last season is they won these games by one goal. Oh, it wasn't like that, was, that was going to be my point. Yeah, yeah, that was going to be my point because I think going back to the main thing with Liverpool, it's, it's all about confidence, really. And that unbeaten streak kept going because of the fact that they believed they could go unbeaten or at the very least just outright win the league. They had that motivation yeah. and confidence about them to do so. And it was, you know, the first time after 30 years of them not winning it and it was a big moment for them it's a shame the fans weren't there to see it but obviously for everyone watching at home it you know it was it, it was for Liverpool fans it was great to see them win the league um but you're right I think the now they've won it there is that kind of not I guess not that motivation there to really strive to get 100 points again this season because it is so incredibly tough the margins of you know excellent performances are so thin at the top of the table now well, between City and Liverpool. I just think City will want it slightly more. Um, and you're right, on top of these 1-0 wins where I wouldn't say they were lucky because they had to win the game and seal out the victory. However, there were so many games where they didn't play particularly amazingly. Um, mm -hmm. They still got the three points. I think any other season that could go a different way. Um, and you're no longer facing 100 points, more, you know, more like a second place finish, which I think they'll come this season. Yeah, no, well, I agree. So, OK, we've reached the end. Um, I'd like you to read out your full Premier League table, please, Mr Wilson. Yeah, and going back over it, I think I may have um, made a slight mistake in terms of uh, 17th position, but I'll read out my full table now. Um, yeah. So 20th, West Brom, 19th, Fulham, 18th, Aston Villa, 17th, I've put Palace, uh, yeah. 16th, Leeds, 15th, Newcastle, 14th, West Ham, 13th, Burnley, 12th, Brighton, 11th, Sheffield United, and then into the top 10, we've got Southampton, Leicester, Everton, Wolves, with Spurs coming in 6th, Arsenal 5th, Man United, uh, sorry, no, Chelsea at Man United. <laughs> Again, so even on my notes, I've changed from a few days ago. So uh, <laughs> Chelsea fourth, Man United third, Liverpool second, and Man City first. Okay, and mine differs ever so slightly in that I have uh, Fulham in 20th, West Brom in 19th, Crystal Palace going down in 18th, Burnley a lot lower than in yours in 17th, in 16th, I've got Aston Villa. In 15th, I've got Newcastle. In 14th, I've got West Ham. In 13th, I've got newly promoted Leeds. 12th, Sheffield United. 11th, my surprise package, Brighton. 10th, Southampton. 9th, Leicester. 8th, Wolves. 7th, Everton. 6th, Arsenal. 5th, Spurs. 4th, Man U. 3rd, the mighty Franks, Chelsea. 2nd, Liverpool. And in 1st place and champions, I do think it will be Manchester City. Mm. So before we finish, one final question for you, and I'd like you to pick your player of the season for next year. Who do you think will be the standout player? Um, standout player, I think it's it's not a it's pretty obvious choice based off of previous seasons. I I do think it's going to be De Bruyne, the standout player. Mm -hmm. Um, he, in my current opinion, he's the best player in the Prem right now. Um. And I just do think he'll be their, their main man in order to get them that 
Premier League title back. Okay, right. Well, I, I'll I'll pick someone else, obviously, and I'm <laughs> going to go with Bruno Fernandez. And my reason for that is I think De Bruyne is obviously the best player in the Premier League. I would argue with anyone who said differently. However, he also plays in, if not the best team, one of the best two. Whereas I think Fernandez plays in a much weaker side, and I think we've already seen what a difference he makes to that United side, pretty much revolutionised their season when he came in. Um, so I think he'll stand out more. Um, and if he's able to produce the the numbers that he did in that half season for a full season, I can see him winning player of the year. Uh, it's little little um, another one then. Name your signing, signing of the season. Okay. Now, I, I actually really like this player when he was playing in Germany, which is probably a bit of a giveaway. Um, yeah. It's, it actually probably won't be the one you think, though. It is a Chelsea player or new signing for Chelsea. Um, it's Kai Havertz. Um, I really oh, like yeah. the look of him last season. I, you probably thought, as I know, it was Werner. Um, uh, yeah. No, I think Werner's a good signing, but I think Kai Havertz is uh, going to be almost like, you know, the one that really does shine in that Chelsea side. Um alongside Pulisic and Werner, because Havertz can play right wing as well as centre centre mid. Yeah. Uh, I think he, he'll score you a lot of goals, I think. Um, also, honourable mention in that Chelsea side, Thiago Silva is a great signing for you. Um, considering last season, nobody, I don't think, was expecting Chelsea to come top four. Um, what with Frank's first season coming from Derby. Uh, so to finish fourth is a great achievement. Um, and I really think that shoring up the defence and Thiago Silva and Chilwell from Leicester, uh, they're, they're definitely honourable mentions um, uh, that will, you know, solidify them top four, I think. OK, well, I won't pick a Chelsea player, though that was my instinct, because I think it's the obvious one. Well, because well, who, who had... are you going to go for, first of all? I think Werner's the obvious shout, but I'm not going to say him. And though it's not confirmed yet, so this may ultimately prove to be a total waste of time, the player I'm most excited to see in the Premier League is James Rodriguez, because I'd I'd love it if we could see anything like the form that he produced at the 2014 World Cup. I thought he was sensational in that tournament. He burst onto the stage. And though I don't think whoever hit that sort of level again, I think we'll see some moments of brilliance if he does pull on the Everton shirt. And um, yeah, and I'm just excited to see what he can produce. I think we're, we're likely to see at least one wonder strike from him because wherever he's been, he's always managed to produce one of those. So yeah, I'm just looking forward to seeing him and how he adapts to I mean, the... If, if he scores any goals, that's anything similar to the one against uh, or the, in the World Cup 2014 where he takes it on the volley. I can't remember the opponent yeah. right now. But, um, Uruguay. Uh, Uruguay, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if he does anything like that in the Premier League, yeah, um, I agree with you. Okay, well, that brings to an end our rather bumper um, season yeah. preview of the coming Premier League season. I'd like to thank Miss James Wilson for um, being here with me. No, thank you very much for having me on, George. No problem. Always a pleasure to talk football with you, mate. Um, And yeah, so for the listeners, there'll obviously be more traditional content coming out with more fans coming on the show. If you want to be one of them, do get in touch. Um, And hopefully, I'm thinking this will be the first episode that goes onto the YouTube channel. So look out for that. Um, And yeah, I'm sure I'll be speaking to you soon. Thanks very much.